Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. I just wrapped the second week of the new VIP coaching call program that I offer to my course members, and a very extensive conversation happened about a question I've now heard a few times, and so I wanted to share it with all of you today. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I just mentioned, this was the second round of the VIP coaching calls that I now offer as a new option inside the course, Renovation Management for Interior Designers. And already they have been so valuable to those who've been in attendance, as well as to those who couldn't come live, but emailed me the questions and I covered them in the call. We got the feedback from the others on the call and the replay was available for that designer to listen to at her convenience. So I really can't say enough about listening to all the designers sharing their issues surrounding renovation management projects, having 90 minutes to really go through in detail everybody's experiences, get ideas batted back and forth from the designers on the call has been really humbling for me to be a part of. And so if any of you are interested and are already members in the course, shoot me an email. You have unique links to join the VIP program. And for those of you listening and have been listening for a while now and wondering about this course, the value I see in these coaching calls solidified my hope that this would be a complement to the course material. There is no way a course could know what every designer is going through in that moment. And so the calls are a way of catching all of those individual needs and solving them in the moment to get designers back on track. So I highly recommend you jump on my website, check out the details in the course, join this community of interior designers solely focusing on renovation management. And of course, joining these VIP coaching calls that we host twice a month for 90 minutes each. So on this call, a designer shared with me that she was working on a project out of state and that she had written the contract in two phases. One was the design and development phase, and the other was the renovation management phase. And this client chose to only hire her for the design and the development stage. And while this designer went to great lengths to explain to a client the value an interior designer can have managing these projects alongside the GC that the client hired, the client felt they could do this on their own. Now, I know a few of you are rolling your eyes right now or chuckling to yourselves because we all know that that isn't a smooth and successful plan, but it does get to a point where there's only so much convincing you can do and ultimately, it is up to the client to make that decision, whether they're going to invest in 
the designer managing the project for them. So spoiler alert, the project is going along. There are problems already. Things are coming up. Surprises are being found. And the designer is being dragged into resolving each issue as it comes up. Now, she said she's covered as far as her time, but the frustration is that what's next, right? Is something going to get lost in interpretation on her design? And therefore, the final product won't actually be what she intended it to be. Secondarily, the problem is every time the client calls, it's only bits and pieces of what really went on because, again, it's the client interpreting what the contractor said, and it's like whisper down the lane, and important pieces get lost. So then the designer has to call the GC, and the GC has to explain everything, and then the designer has to call the client back. And you can hear how wasteful this can be and also how ineffective it can be to getting a solution made quickly. And on a job site, time is critical. So we discussed ways that she can now navigate through this as far as putting up boundaries to protect herself, because let's be honest, the client did not hire her to do the management of this project. And also boundaries to protect her design, reaching out to the GC, talking to him behind the scenes, and asking him questions that the designer thinks may come up down the road. And the other designers on the call, they also weighed in. And I think we're really interested in hearing my solution to this problem. Now, before we go into the solution, I also want to share that this is probably the third or fourth time a designer has reached out to me to talk to me about this exact same issue. That over and over again, they're hired for the design and they're thrilled with what they're getting paid. They're being paid properly for their time and making a profit on it but the client isn't moving forward with hiring them to manage the project. And so these designers, in general, I would say, leave frustrated, disappointed, worried that they're going to, like this designer, get dragged in on things that either eat away at their profit or just as a time suck that they didn't count on because they weren't hired to do that work. So what is a designer to do in a situation like that? Well. It's really quite simple. You don't split up your contracts. You don't give an opportunity for a client to say no thank you if you want to manage the renovation, if you want to usher your design into reality. And I think everybody listening, that is our goal, right? You want to be able to photograph something that reflects the designs you created, which of course is what the client had asked for you to do for them. So the best way and the only way to assure that you get to design and manage a project is to have that in your contract. Now, that being said, can you break it into two sections and show the costs to do each? Sure. If that's how you want to write up your contracts, I think that's a great idea. It's a good way of breaking out a probably pretty big number so that it's a little bit more manageable, more understandable, or bite-sized for a client to feel more comfortable signing on for this. But you don't offer them the opportunity to say no thank you. Because more often than not, a client is going to say no thank you, right? We all know that homeowners think that they can manage a project on their own. Quote, how hard could it be? Or I watch HGTV, I think I know what I'm doing. Or my favorite, that's why I hired the contractor. He's going to do most of that for me. Now, we all know that none of the above are true, right? I mean, some contractors are better than others, and 
I guess you could learn a few things from HGTV, but I wouldn't recommend it. And doing it on their own? Well, let's be honest. If they're going to invest in a high-level design, then why are they not going to invest to see it through to fruition? Now, that does fall on the designer's shoulders to educate your clients why you add value, how you add value, and how the client will benefit having you manage their renovation project. They've sought you out for the design. They have likely seen your portfolio. They perhaps have spoken to references of yours. So there should be no barrier aside from money, and that's usually what this boils down to. So you need to explain why there's a cost involved and how you derive that cost to your management fee structure. And so for everybody, that's going to be an individual conversation based on how you create your fees, whether that is a flat fee or an hourly fee or a combination of the two. But by splitting your contract into two optional line items, you more often than not going to lose out on the management portion of the project. And I do not suggest that for all the reasons we just discussed. So the designers on this call learned a lot. You could tell some of them were like, I think I structure mine like that, but I'm going to go back and revisit it because this is an important component to staying in control of your design from concept to move in. And really the only way that you are going to make sure that you're involved and being paid to stay involved throughout the entire process. So if you do structure your contracts like this, I beg you to go back and really think that through. Go back and look at how many projects the clients opted out for your renovation services and only kept your design services. And how did that work out? Were you dragged back in? Even if you did charge hourly, which I've seen some designers do, it's not time that you can budget for in your schedule and likely kept you on your toes and at a fever pitch trying to stay ahead of the issues because you didn't see them coming until you got the phone call. And then, of course, it's an emergency, right? And we all know how that works. And we also know that so many emergencies can be avoided if we're a part of the process along the way and foresee issues coming. So please consider rewriting your contracts that is all in from design to move in and break the description and the copy and the fee structure out however you think is more palatable for people to understand and see the value that you will bring to a project. And moving forward, commit to only working with clients who will hire you for both the design and the management process. I know that may be a terrifying thought, But until you realize that managing your designs through to the end is truly the only way to protect your ultimate design, you will be left in this limbo feeling that this designer is in right now. She's frustrated, she's anxious, and frankly worried that the end product won't reflect what she had designed and had counted on for her portfolio to market herself for more work. So after we worked through the contract issues with the one designer, the other designers on the call had questions. Actually, several were on vacation the week before. And so they were working on getting back into the headspace needed to go back into their projects, see what had happened while they were gone. We talked about ideas on how to do that. 
things that they can immediately jump on and things that can probably wait until they get a better handle on what they missed, right? We all miss things when we're not on projects. And then we had time at the end to go over the question from the designer who couldn't make the call, but had emailed me an issue she was in the midst of trying to figure out the best path forward. So this designer was working alongside of a GC managing a project, and one of the components was appliances in the kitchen. The homeowner had given the designer a list of the appliances that she had selected at an appliance showroom, and they were ordered by the designer. And then when they came to be installed, it was realized that the range was the wrong fuel source. So this designer was trying to figure out who was responsible for it. There is a conversion kit, so it wasn't, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but obviously there were costs involved. There was a slight delay in the project because the conversion kit, of course, was backordered. And really this designer was struggling with what to do next. So here's the thing. I understand this because I have been there, right? When you're in a problem, you're overwhelmed, you're kind of freaking out, which is understandable, especially if there are costs involved. It's kind of hard to take a deep breath and take a step back and really look at it with the lens of, okay, let's get some perspective on it. So in the call, the designers that were there live with me, we discuss like what to do next. Well, the first thing you need to ask, I mean, I hate to say it is a cover your ass statement, but who knew what and when, right? It's not the designer isn't working in a bubble by herself. And so obviously the question is, did the client go to a showroom or was this developed online, right? Did the client go on homedepot.com, fill a card up with things they liked and hand it off to the designer? No, in fact, the client went to a showroom. Well, in my humble opinion, that showroom dropped the ball because the showroom, when someone is asking about a range, at least in my area, no two homes seem to have the same fuel sources. Some are natural gas, some are propane, some are electric, what have you. And every salesperson in the showroom should be asking that kind of granular detail because it's obviously an important part of, well, which version do you order? The gas, the electric, or the propane? So that obviously got dropped, right? And like we've always said, things happen, we're all humans. Okay, so that got missed. The wrong range was put on this list that was then handed to the designer. Now, yes, the designer assumed that the questions had been asked and answered. Now, we all know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. But it was a pretty legitimate assumption because she also knew and works with the same showroom. In addition, this designer included all the specs and the list in the binder that she gave to the contractor at the beginning of the project. Now, in my opinion, that contractor should have gone through all the specs to make sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. Since the contractor was asking the designer to, quote, handle it, he was obviously not offering to take any responsibility for the problem that had just been discovered. So it fell through his cracks. And I can guarantee it that he is saying to himself, oh, crap, I probably should have checked the fuel source. All right, I'll just push it back onto the designer and hope for the best, right? Because, yeah, if he's installing it, it is his responsibility to also know that it's all going to be compatible and working. So the designer, again, assumed that everything was copacetic and placed the order. Fast forward, we know how this story ends, right? The wrong one shows up. The contractor's like, I can't install it. You need to fix it. And that was the exact moment that the designer emailed me. 
and said, I can't come to this call on Monday. I'm sick to my stomach and I need advice. Now, the cost was not that large as far as renovation mistakes go, but it was enough to give this designer pause and want to make sure that they were doing the right thing. So ultimately, with some more back and forth through emails with the designer after the call and she'd listened to the replay, she made the business decision to pay for the alteration of the existing range and the showroom offered to loan her an electric range so that the homeowner wasn't without a range at all for the period of time while they were waiting for this conversion kit. So here's what that tells me. That tells me that the showroom probably noticed that something went wrong on their end because they're willing to loan her this machine for free. She also told me that this contractor had just referred her to another project, which she was able to convert into a much larger project than he had initially thought it would be. So that's why, like I said earlier in this call, the course itself, while it is robust and thorough and comprehensive, it can't know all of the individual details of every project that a designer is working on especially with the issues. Because here's the thing, ultimately, this cost could have been split by the three of them, right? The contractor did make a whoops. The contractor didn't check the fuel source against the specs, right? That's the truth. The homeowner went to a showroom and the showroom dropped the ball. So in theory, the showroom should be the third prong of this. And the designer, yes, didn't double check the fuel source. And she and I joked, she will never make that mistake again. And trust me, I know a bunch of you are chuckling right now because you can think of that one thing that went wrong and you had to eat it and you'll never make that mistake again. And if you're like me, you're probably telling clients about it while you're checking it and telling them the war story about how it all came about, right? That is just a part of the education and the experience which is needed in order to make projects in the future go more smoothly and protecting the designer's profits. But this designer made the professional decision based on all the facts that we had talked through that she would pay for it in its entirety. She recognized that the showroom is giving her this loaner for as long as they need it. That's probably their way of, quote, compensating her for their salesperson's mistakes. The contractor, he referred her to another project, which will be far and away more profitable than the loss she will absorb to fixing this range. So that is, in my opinion, a very wise professional decision. But I did tell her to talk to the contractor, tell him what her decision is, and also asking if there's any work that he's going to have involved in, whether it's putting in and pulling out this electric range or helping with the conversion kit, and basically asking him to be a team member, help her out, and not present her with a bill for his time. And I think ultimately that will happen smoothly. And then there is that recognition that he has some ownership in this as well. And this is a way for him to play his part, just like the showroom is playing their part and this designer is playing her part. So is that designer happy about this end result? Nope. I mean, who would be, right? You go into a project expecting a certain profit, and now things are getting deducted from that profit. But mistakes were made, and we just discussed how it was sort of a multi-pronged issue. 
And at the end of the day, someone has to convert this fuel in order for this range to go in. Now, obviously, it's much cheaper to convert the fuel than it would be to replace the range. And not to mention all the lead times in order to get a new range. So this is the smartest choice that this designer can make in this moment. And I was really happy that the timing of the coaching calls was perfect so that I could help get her through it, give her this perspective that she wasn't capable of seeing because she was in that adrenaline high. And it's very hard to see the trees through the forest when you're in that mode. And then ultimately, the other designers on the call, they too will never make that fuel mistake in their projects. And yes, they just save themselves some headache, some heartache, and some cold hard cash because of it, because we're all learning from each other. And yes, sometimes it's going to be financially for you, and the next time it will be financially for the next designer. And that is unfortunately how it works out sometimes. But I am really humbled and honored to have this safe space for designers inside these coaching calls to go through these detailed situations they're in, whether it be an actual issue on a project or whether it be reworking contracts so that they are a part of the project from the very beginning to the very end and watching their own designs come to life. There really is no greater high, in my opinion, than watching your drawings become real. And like I said earlier, the only way to do that is to be on the project from the start to the finish. So I hope today you have learned fuel sources are an important component when you're working with appliances. And honestly, I think that's why a lot of designers won't even touch appliances, because there are a lot of moving parts and pieces to them. And honestly, they change every year with new bells and whistles, and there's very little profit margin on them. So you may be thinking, yep, this further is the reason why I won't touch appliances. And that's okay. But here's the trick. You now are an expert and can apply this knowledge you just learned to your next client meeting when you tell them where to go to go look for appliances or whether you're with them. And they are looking at a range and you say, what's your fuel source in your house? Or you already know because you've been there and you know it's propane. And the showroom salesperson is going to go, huh, yeah, I was just about to ask that. But your client sees you asking it first. Is that a big deal? No. But is it one of many moments where you present yourself as an expert? Oh, hell yes, it is. And those are the moments your client hears and pays attention to and will pass along in every referral they make to their friends, colleagues, and family. And I can promise you that the designer who made this mistake is probably listening to his podcast and saying, yeah, you can learn from me. I'll take it. It's a little painful right now. But if we all learn together, we all elevate this industry to be seen as the experts that we are in this niche renovation management, then we all win in the end. So if anyone is interested in the course, please jump on the website. You can find all the details there about the course, as well as this new coaching call program that's just gotten started and is already amazing. And to the members listening, send me an email. I will send you the unique links you need to get inside this group of dynamic designers looking 
to excel in renovation management. It really is an amazing group of women. I look forward to it every other week and am constantly amazed at the topics we cover and the depth we get into. So invest in yourself today. Learn as much as humanly possible about this niche. Absorb it into your own company and be that badass renovation management expert that I know you can be. So I can't thank you enough for your time today. I have exciting things coming up in the coming weeks, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today, and feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.